into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Epic Tales from the Sewers, your source for the last Ronin. At least I hope it is, you know. But um, joining me, as always, is my uh, co-host, Mr. Eric Will. How are you? How are you doing, Justin? And uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And since this is a last Ronin episode, we have our returning guest host, which is Mr. Scott Cromer of Chrome Comics. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. And that leads me to um, our, our next guest. I won't say our final guest because we have another guest that's coming on, but uh, he is a returning member of our, uh, our guest list. And he has a cover for Last Ronin number one and uh, two coming out for Last Ronin number five. Artist extraordinaire, Mr. Jason Flowers. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, we are. We're happy to have you. And we're happy to be talking some Ronin. We are slated now for what is it, Eric? The twenty sixth through the twenty seventh of April. Twenty seventh of April. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it comes out on the twenty seventh. If not, I gotta go to a different comic place to get my <laughs> comics. Now, now I did hear a story on this uh, from our our last guest, uh, Dave Wynn, on why the last Ronin was late. Um, are we allowed to tell that story? I I don't know, but um, I don't I don't know I don't know if we should. I think we should just keep it on. Uh, keep it on okay, I, I heard right I heard that it had to do with uh, just some of the the artwork that was late uh, for an undisclosed reason. So yeah, we know. Some, if you're listening, yeah, oh, we, we know. Absolutely, we know. And it was pushed back several weeks. I mean, we should have had it by now, I think, you know, initially, but they're pushing this thing back. They want no issues with printers. They want no issues with quality, and it's going to be solid. And um, I'm I'm excited. I, I have not seen another time, maybe since like 1987 with like the height of Turtle Mania, that Ninja mm. Turtles has been the most important thing on everybody's mind. You know, in- including the year that the Batman movie came out. So it's it's like, that's not lost on me. This is huge. That's true. Mm. That's true. Yeah. And, and I mean, Scott and I are huge Bat fans. So, you know, even oh, though you're, yeah. you're 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 like you're like the biggest Joker fan that I know. And, and I mean, I know some big Joker fans. So that says a lot. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when last we left off with this, we, we had a couple things going on. Um, Ronan is working with Casey Marie Jones in April and um, they have Sal who is the old the fugitoid head and they're trying to go through and attack Roosevelt Island where you have Baxter Stockman and he is a mess when you see him he's mm-hmm. cyborg like much like the 2003 cartoon where you see that and he's just kind of like a head or anything left he is just like he looks terrible if, if anyone knows the old Marvel character Silvermane he kind of looks like that so um, you know, and, and it's the Ronin, he's trying to direct Casey Marie Jones and everything else and, and um, to get them through. And they show uh, a flashback sequence of just what happened to Donatello and Splinter. So this, this was something that I think we all kind of came in prepared for because we saw the cover in advance. Um, what did you guys think of that? What's, what's your reaction to issue four? I was heartbroken. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. I was I was curious, like uh, on some of this, because Donnie's Donnie's your guy, you know, and um, you you see Donnie and it's it's very much the Mirage Donnie who's actually um, like Master Splinter tells him, you know, 
you know, no mercy. So he wants him to, to straight up kill guys. I don't see that as Donatello usually, you know, maybe a vampire or a alien or something like that, but he doesn't usually kill like ninjas and such. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, you know, in there, when, in that scene there at the end for their final scene there in the, uh, in the graveyard, um, you know, it was, well, they basically, they, they never made it out, but they had a, a last stand and it was either kill or be killed. Mm-hmm. So they did take out as many as they could. I, I was uh, digging the, the tap, decapitations by Splinter. Oh man, he is brutal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even going out, going out like a boss. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a thing. It was very uh, similar to um, your 300 with Leonidas, you know, um, we'll block out the sun with our arrows. Then we shall fight in the shade. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that sort yeah. of thing. It was, it was epic. It was, it was, it was a way to go out. Definitely an epic way to go out. What you guys, what did you, what did you think there, Jason? I, I think it was probably, uh, um, probably the best of the death scenes that I felt. Um, I felt a little cheated by like Raps and Leo and Casey's, but um, I, f- I feel like, yeah, going into Eric agrees with you. <laughs> the Donnie, Donnie and Splinter kind of last stand, like you guys just said, like, you know, we're, if we're going to die, let's go. Let's take as many with us, you know? And I, I think that that was probably the, the best of the scenes I've seen so far. So um, I, I was very happy. Yeah. Like Splinter, just chopping heads off left and right, getting actually getting some splinter action. It was kind oh, of, yeah. you know, like you don't get that much, yeah, that was much cool. in books. <clears throat> Last time I really remember seeing that was uh, in the, the Batman crossover, the, the second one where splinter is fighting Bane. He's actually holding his own. He's, he's doing yeah. really well against Bane until Bane drops the ceiling on him. Literally takes the ceiling down on top right. of splinter. And then he's just no good to anybody, <laughs> but yeah. And, and I mean, <laughs> Through all that, you don't see Splinter lopping heads off with a sword. Ever. No. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, this is one of those things where you look at it and you're like, this is a legit martial artist. This is a guy who is formidable. You could put him up against anybody in like, you know, Marvel or Valiant or Image or, or DC and, and be like, this guy is going to, he's going to stand and, and probably win. So just unfortunately not against uh, a barrage of arrows, it looks like, so. Russell felt it was like a really nice setting and environment. Like we got the yeah. beautiful like snow scene and like, you know, uh, the, the cherry blossoms. And, and then it was just like, it was, it felt like an old um, uh, Japanese film, you know, and I feel like that's kind of what they were trying to go for. Absolutely. Like, it was like perfect with it. I love, I love Ben Bishop's art there where everything has such clean lines and it does play in well to kind of the flashback and when there's the snow. And I think this one does it better than issue two and, and three, I think just a little bit better. I really did like what he did with uh, the Raph stuff just, just for like, oh, okay, here's what all the foot soldiers look like and here's Raph and like the character designs. But this one, just the way everything was plotted out, it was just great. I really, I really like that. And and what you're saying about the snow, I didn't even think about it until now, but it's, it's, you know, you've got the red in the snow and all that. It's, it's very kind of a martial arts film. Yeah. What are you going to say? Travis is trying to join me. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> Our final guest has joined us. Mr. Travis Doss. 
We'll be on in just a second here. All right, just enough time for uh, for Eric to tell us what he thought of issue four. Yeah, issue four. I mean, you know, like three. You know, three was just one big old like kind of like confusing, but four was was just so like like I have to agree with everybody else. It was so clean. Uh, one of the biggest parts that I really really liked was when Splinter threw the sword at. Oh yeah, at Hiroto. Yeah, at Hiroto, and you know Hiroto was like pissed off and he was like he didn't care what you know what all the what other um uh, sergeants he had or whatever and was like telling him we need to back off we need to back off and he's like no he's like i'm gonna kill you with this blade that you threw at me and all this other stuff um you know i had to agree with jason flyers i mean we got cheated on leo casey and obviously Raphael on the death of that so it's just yeah i mean between one and four are like my two favorite issues. I mean, they were really, really, really done well. I mean, the story was easy to go with. It was, it flowed very well. The art, of course, is always beautiful. So and it's funny that you mentioned issue one as, as a favorite too, because this has action from, you know, Mikey as the Ronin, where issue one was all that. And we're just like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is it? You know, this one has that same sort of hooded character who's out there larger than life beating the crap out of mm-hmm. people. And it's like, that's really kind of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got so, the action. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying just, it's just a lot of action. And that's what I like. Uh, Travis, we were just talking about what your opinions were of book four for the last Ronin. So just uh, if you have a reaction. On book four, I kind of like how uh, Casey Marie and Mikey, how they kind of came together. He's going to train her. Then when they get into the battle, it's like, I need you to stay here. But she's like, hard-headed like Casey. Don't listen. And so we ended up helping him out because he was going to get, I forget, he's fighting. And I think he was getting hit from behind or getting ready to. And she comes and bells him out, which was, it was a pretty cool scene. And then, you know, with April coming into battle um, with the, that huge, what is it, truck or I forget the what shell it's razor. It. Let's just say the shell razor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of, I, I like that moment of him. And then how, and then he tells a story about what happened between Donnie and the Splinter, which, no, I, I think issue four is really good. I'm really ready for issue five. Oh, yeah, definitely. A couple weeks away. Yeah, so and I just like how Casey Marie is so hard headed. You know, I was just <clears throat> oh, I like it. I like how they introduced her and everything. Or She's how, great. Yeah, yeah, and we get the um we get the little info drop there where you know Ronan has evolved. It's been, you know, thirty something years and he's mutated to a point where it's like he's well past where he was as a teenager. And oh, April yeah. April suggests that their years of being so close to, you know, the turtles and, you know, probably getting their blood and tears on them and all that kind of stuff. She's actually mutated too. And, you know, Ronan knows this, Mikey knows this. And he's like, I can tell how come, how come you didn't even say anything? You know, um, she, oh, she's got enhanced heal. abilities and all that. So mm-hmm. her healing and stuff. Yeah. Enhanced healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting too that they're going that route. I I wonder that what's what's that? 
I said that was a big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He thought and- he, he, he thought he was a good he thought he was a, uh April O'Neil was injecting her with that stuff. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he is also crazy. Like like he's not right in the head. <laughs> Super paranoid. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's interesting because we can see his inner chorus. Like we can see when he's talking to ghosts, where you know yeah. you, you get that in this sort of medium. You don't, don't necessarily get that otherwise, but like he's cuckoo. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see where they take that and what's going to happen. Um, I think what was the oh this was the book that I was mentioning before. I don't know, Travis, did you get this one, which is the Design Archive? No, I did not. So this this was pretty interesting. It's a uh, Last Ronin Design Archive, uh, another eight ninety nine book, you know. <laughs> but the cool thing about it is this goes through a lot of the notes and the plottings that are in there for the Last Ronin, and it's all Kevin Eastman artwork. And it goes through uh, starting out with the original idea for the Ronin, what the costume's going to look like, a breakdown of his gear, and I am just geeky enough to really love that. And that's that's pretty cool. And I, I wonder if this would be something that would be helpful for you, Jason. Like as you're as you're drawing him in the future or anything like that. Like, yeah, oh, that's it, what that looks it like. Been helpful for those for those past covers because, like, I looked at some of that going, oh, like there's all this stuff. And when you would Google it, there's just like a couple of things. Like, uh, there's that one that has the page full of his gear. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff in these that are just insane details. You nailed the goggles, man. That's, I mean, that's the cool thing, you know, and did they, did they tell you they would be red? Um, I think from, from just some of the photos that they had shown of, of uh, that Kevin had posted. Um, that's what most of, most everybody went off of. Oh, okay. So, that makes um, sense. Just those. That's fun. And, and um, it seems like a, almost like a Batman cartoon where, you know, he has to use something one time so they can make an action figure of it. So they have to show the Ronin wearing the goggles at least one time. Or, or maybe that's more of a Star Wars thing, you know, where it's like, oh, it's Han Solo and he's in a new coat. You know, <laughs> maybe that's more Star Wars than anything else. Right? It better. <laughs> yeah. Malibu Stacy in her new hat. Star Wars or Batman. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're both they're both from Kenner. So they, they had that that toy company behind them. Yeah. Pushing the toys. But um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about in this one is um, besides the idea that they have all of the character breakdowns, like the evolution of Casey Marie Jones, and just it, it even talks about stuff like um, um, like giving her a mask that looks very similar to uh, Dick Grayson for Robin. But um, mm-hmm. it, it shows all the all the villains that they're fighting. Uh, Hiroto's personal elite, Captain Fudica, who uh, did not end up so well. Um, Sinja, the they're calling ended up on the spike in yeah, the, the, the first issue. Robot. I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Bring me his head on a pike. Glad, I'm glad to see him in there. Yeah, yeah, he gets a little bit of a uh, little <laughs> bit of a push there. And we've got yeah. uh, Sinja, the ninja foot robot female that uh, mm-hmm. assassin grade, and Sinja foot level elites. And then let's see, this one is uh, the battle wagon is what they're calling it. That's the thing that uh, April battle shows wagon. up as man. Yeah. Is that cool? It's sick. And, and it does. It looks just like the shell razor from the, from the cartoon, but just such an extravagant breakdown. I mean, he's got like Roosevelt Island. He drew the whole Island, like mm-hmm. the city and all that. He drew Manhattan, yeah. 
all of the stuff that he did for for like this preliminary work and you're just like holy crap and there's so much here it, it looks like the primer for like a like a dungeons and dragons or something like that i mean even to the point where he's like oh check it out casey marie's costume she's got hands with brass knuckles built in and um with um a metal hand wrap uh for striking i'm like that's super specific her then, mask um, only thing reminds me reminds me of robin exactly that's that's what he's saying uh, here he, he's saying um let's see short haircut um looks like dick grayson <laughs> so with yeah. with the uh with the mask on and um yeah. the, uh, some cool little easter eggs that he does too like he'll show six feet tall for the turtle and then next to it and just crane. for yeah the giant krang there mm-hmm. and this was really fun like we didn't get to talk about this much because this came out after um issue number four but just like some really really fun stuff um it does go into like the character design for the turtles and yeah, between there's ben a bishop and bunch Kevin. in here yeah, yeah. you like can tell the Bishop's Leo. The Leo design was cool what was that about uh, about ben the leo that you showed i'm pretty sure that was that's ben's art yep on yeah, the yeah. leo one yeah, yeah up top yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole... his, his turtles are so like you can just tell when he draws them he's got the whole issue on the back here for uh mm-hmm. the part of number two and three because uh, it's three, because it shows Baxter and all that, and then it shows the Escarosa art. So, and and the funny thing about the Escarosa art is that it looks so different every time you see a different character. Like Hiroto looks so different in this art style, and then um, when you see the Ronin, you're you're sure you're sure who it is. But then I see someone like April, and I'm like, is this a different artist? Like it's just really, it's really kind of interesting the way that they do it. I like it. It's it reminds me of it reminds me of like image comics from the nineties, like Eric Larson style with Savage Dragon kinda. You guys yeah. all familiar with those? A little bit. Yeah. Savage Dragon. Yeah, I'm like you you must have drawn him like once or a thousand times. <laughs> oh yeah, so you've got <laughs> that's pretty fun. Now um we were talking about uh covers, variant covers for this one. Um, I asked Aaron, uh, Eric before about this, and he says that there are currently 59 different variant covers. For now. now for now. Yeah, they'll they'll change, and there's yeah. some other ones. Like, like I know for... Second, third, fourth printing. Uh, for, yes. And um, for the first one, I got, I got one of those sets from the San Diego Comic-Con um, that was the connecting Ke- uh, Kevin Eastman one. That was the first new cover to issue number one that wasn't a third or fourth printing. So that was that was pretty fun, but I know nine of these are coming from our friend Jozar, right? Because mm-hmm. I I've ordered probably sixteen, I think covers. What about you guys? Who who are you looking forward to besides uh, Mr. Jason Flowers, who I absolutely pre-ordered my cover from? So yeah, yeah I'll, I'm getting that one. I saw it came up, and I'm like, I am not missing this one. So almost issue seven. You, Eric, you're you're the uh, you're the variant cover king here. So I mean, who are you getting? <laughs> I just know how to get them. I know how to get them from people. That's that get them for people. Um, I mean, I got I got Mike Bruce and I got Bartleans, and uh, I got Alan Quays as well. I mean, there's just it's just so many. I'm not even gonna lie. I got so much money tied up in other things right now. It's just like I'm done right now with trying to get variants. But they're 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 like I really want to get you know Jason's you know, homage to issue seven. I got to have the homage to seven because, you know, I got the Mirage seven. I got to have that one. 
at, at some point it's just you know there's there's just so many of them that it's just like i don't have enough money for all these yeah i so. i totally understand that there's there's one that really stuck out to me because it's it's different than the other ones and i'm gonna see if i can pull it up who i pre-ordered it from and i just i just like this one and it is where are you at it's the one with like the three faces on it if you see oh it's, yeah uh, like april, april. The Ronin and yep. the, um, um and casey marie yeah, yeah the one-stop shop it's gorgeous <laughs> Yes, I, I pre-ordered that one. Uh, I had to have that one. There it is. It well, is. I don't know. That's one of my favorite covers. First you found that I've seen. I like that a lot. Um, trying to see who who it is, but I have the picture up here. It says uh, Mike Mike Chrome exclusive. So yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. And the the coolest thing about this, I think, is that you see April, and you've never seen April this old before, and they really sell that. And that's that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. It's one of the the starker things about it. And Casey Casey Marie Jones has like these really piercing green eyes, and I'm like, this is this is cool. I just really enjoyed that one. So that's that's one of the sixteen or what have you. And I think I got the uh, Ben Bishop one. I have the um, there's a, a Bish Kids exclusive that was um, it, it's like pixelated a little bit. I think it's from uh, uh, was this one from. Ethan Noah, isn't it? Noah, Noah. It's from Noah. Yep, Noah. Noah. Oh, yeah. Soul. Noah soul. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's completely pixelated because you can't really show you the cover yet because it will kind of tell build too much for issue five. If I, yep, that's why it's really pixelated like that. I I would say normally how is he getting the information? But literally he sold through Ben Bishop's website, so clearly he knows it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's that's probably why. He sold his um, soul to Ben. I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I did pick up uh, the the nine pack of covers, and I, I forget how much I dropped on this. Uh, but nine pack, one of them's uh, from uh, artist Jason Fabok, who did the Three Jokers last year. So I absolutely had to get that one. And you, you guys may love him. You guys may hate him. Rob Liefeld's first time ever drawing Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. He's do, he has a cover for the Last Ronin. That is no, huge. That, right? that is huge. He does. Uh, he does not show feet. Absolutely, there are no feet. There are plenty <laughs> of pouches. There are no feet on it. But um, I I met Liefeld. I like Liefeld. I I don't think he's the greatest artist of all time. But I think what he does, he does really well. He drew one of my all time favorite pictures of Wolverine, and I told him that, and it, he's like, "Oh wow, really." And, and actually there are feet in the picture. So, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Like just pulling some of these people out. Um, Steve Levine, Steve Levine, you know, the guy that did the cover for the Ninja Turtles arcade Nintendo game, right? He's drawing a cover for this. Like there's some people that are literally coming out of the woodwork now to get in on this. Excited. Scott, you must have some you, that you uh, pre-ordered. Um, to be honest with you, uh, I, I think I've ordered a couple, but I couldn't name any off the top of my head. <laughs> no, uh, no, I had D Jorginus, this one, um, right, Eric. I didn't think he had one. The, the Jardins. I haven't yeah. seen any from him. I'll tell you with all the uh, delay, the, the delays has kind of made me why I haven't really pursued any of the variants yet. Cause I just, I'm like, yeah, I got time. Did you end up getting out of the ones that you had graded? Uh, I did send um, 
I sent which one? I sent one down to uh, get them all signed by the the team down there. Oh, good. Uh, it, was, it was an issue one. I I can't remember the. I couldn't tell you what the the variant is. You have to wait till I get it back. <laughs> I uh, I keep looking like I check eBay like almost daily just to, to see if I can get a hold of one of uh, Jason's covers. And the only one they have on there is a nine point nine graded for seven hundred bucks. Yeah. Every time, every single time. And I'm like, ah, you know, oh, I go I over to Mercari. Them. They have one for 90 bucks, non-graded. And I'm like, but it says sold. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw one that I sold a couple of months ago or something that was on eBay. Um, that was just by itself. And I, I can't remember how much it went for, but yeah, I saw that. And then there's the 9.9 and then a buddy of mine got a 10 back. Wow. Oh, nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's so great. Did you at least get to keep one for yourself? Yeah, I, I've got a couple. I've got a couple Good. for myself. Good. So it, you want to get rid of one? Played <laughs> <laughs> next to uh, the original art. So I was smart and I kept the art for that one. So Good for you, man. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, that's that's something that it's like you're, you're going to basically just have an investment in that down the road. If you're like, you know what? I, I don't think I need this anymore. But right. I mean you might want to just hold on to it. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or, or maybe you get sick of it and you're just like, I can draw this anytime I want, you know, who knows? Well, what I'm waiting for now is uh, that new NECA figure that they came out with. I pre-ordered yes. that. So once that comes in, I'm going to, since it's so articulated, I'm going to pose it just like my photo. So I'm going to have them next to each other. So it looks you cool. get some toothpicks for arrows and all that. Yeah. Some, uh, <laughs> some, uh, you can make some isomalt for broken glass. I might, I might, I've been looking into like making little displays and stuff, you know, like uh, those little background displays people make for some of their figures. Oh, yeah, little backdrops. Yeah. yeah, I love, I love that stuff. I've been eating that up mm-hmm. lately online. So there, there was a guy at C2E2 that did this and, and like his stuff was not fancy, right? Like he'd have Iron Man and he'd have something that looks like molten vault or something like that. Like he's breaking into a building and he like melted it with his lasers and all that. It was really crude, but his idea was absolutely sound take an action figure and put it in a little diorama so you can hang yeah. it up on your wall. He was selling like gangbusters. And, yeah. and I cannot tell you as much as like how, like they were cheesy. They were not done well, but his idea was so good that people were just eating it up. <laughs> yeah. They look fun. Like I, I watch videos all the time. It looks expensive to do, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, you know, just a little hobby. Maybe we'll see. I think that'll be cool. That'll be cool to see too. How about you, uh, Travis? Have you uh, pre-ordered any of these covers, any of the variants? Oh, yeah. I got the, the one you was talking about with the, the three split. Yep. Got that one. Um, Aaron's or his. Ruth or his. Um, yeah, actually, I got to get his. Thanks for reminding me. His, I ordered um, Miko. Oh, yes. Him. Yeah. Yes. I order, order a couple of his as well because I love his work. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a couple more that I ordered that I just kind of forgot about. <laughs> is there is there any artists like um, that you found them through Ninja Turtles or that you found them through um, The Last Ronin that you're going to follow afterwards? How about that? We'll start with you, Travis. Uh, um, at Miko was one of them, actually. I just, obviously, he just released some um, like Spider-Man and Venom covers the other day. 
killer book. I, his his work is so clean. I don't know, just something about his work that I like. I like his work a lot. Um, Ben's actually like I like Ben's a lot too. I like the way he his his turtles are so just they're really different than I don't know. It's hard to say the, the way his style. I just like his style. Like this. The I style absolutely is, understand. Yeah, uh, the style is unique to me. Um, but like Miko's, his is more of a um, um, more of like a dark and glory kind of style to me. The way he does things is really just frolicking. So I really like his work a lot. He did. He did some awesome work on a book called Bloodshot Salvation, where uh, Jeff Lemire did the uh, he did all the writing for it. And it's a, a valiant book. Right. Bloodshot came out, you know, I saw it Vin Diesel. Right. This was mm-hmm. like maybe a year or two before that. So maybe, maybe even a year before that. So maybe two years before the movie came out or something. But um, it's, it's all set up in like flashbacks. And there was part of the book that was drawn by another person and part that was drawn by Miko. The Miko stuff mm-hmm. is just like, it's crazy. It was like hauntingly gorgeous. It was all black and white with the exception of their eyes and the dot on their chest that were red. And it was a story about uh, Bloodshot's daughter who inherited like a whole bunch of his powers and stuff like that. And then, you know, being chased by like the government and stuff. It was awesome. And now to see that, that he's going on and there's um, uh, like Marvel books and stuff like that. I'm, I'm just yep. glad that other people are catching on to his work. This is so good. It, it's like it real realistic it and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's pretty Very cool. Realistic. Yes. How about you, uh, Scott, anybody that, um, the last Ronin has led you to as like an artist or creator. Um, well, what's his name? Desjardins. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I kind of picked up through, um, I found out about him through the, the last Ronin covers he did. And then I started seeing him do like, you know, doing other work and stuff. But, um, um, besides him, you know, a lot of the other people I was already familiar with. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I Eric, I know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm I'm learning about a bunch of new artists throughout the whole process. But one that I really, uh, I really, uh, I got attached to was Mike Ruth, as most of you all know. Um, you know, I became not just you know um, a customer to his work, but he's also you know just just talking to him as a person. You know, he's just real genuine and. You know, I'm I'm actually following his work after the Ronin. You know, uh, the Dodge comic that's coming out, uh, issue three, which I'm, you know, the Kickstarter's at right now, which I've already supported for. Um, you know, that that's that's probably one guy I probably I probably follow for a long time. But I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of artists out there that are just they're all good. There's all they're all good. I mean, I've had I'm friends with with a lot of them. I know, right? It's, just, <laughs> it, it's 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 crazy because it's just like there's just so many good artists. I mean, I mean, we got one on here right now, as we speak, and it, it's just it's. I'm not a millionaire. I can't, you know, I can't buy <laughs> yeah, all can. their stuff. <laughs> you know, it's just like I had I. It, it's it's like pick and choose with all these different artists, and all of them have their own styles. You know, their own you know, perception on how, how they want their turtles to look. You know, Jason has his own way. Aaron has his own way. Ruth has his own way. Ben has his own way. You know, everybody has their own different way 
and each way is unique and me personally i think it's awesome because it it shows their creativity my my answer would um obviously be jason is someone that i discovered through the the last run and and um I'm super looking forward to your, your next uh, book for Bounty Bullfrog. I really am digging the um, like the underwater scene in, in this that I've been seeing. And um, just like he's he's cool. And, and I like how you described him, you know, as a character that's kind of like somewhat based on Lobo. And by the way, guys, today is Simon Bisley's birthday. So happy birthday, Simon Bisley. So, you know, but kind of like that. And, and that that ties into things, too, because there's a new cartoon that's going to be coming out based on uh, Kevin Eastman and Simon Biz. So, you know, that that'll be fun. And, and I think he actually has a cover a cover of Last Ronin. But um, yeah, that looks sick. Yeah, that's that's gonna be just. I I haven't seen like, I, I can't even remember the last cover that I've seen that wasn't like a heavy metal cover that has Simon Bisley, you know. But I'm sure it was brutal and it was probably Lobo or something. But it's it's just really cool. But um, I, I'm with you, uh, Eric, because um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mike Ruth. You know, getting getting to talk to a lot of these guys like uh, like Bartling and seeing uh, how he's working on the other stuff and, um, you know, um. Freddie Williams like what he's doing when when he started out he was doing like Turtles Universe and he did the Batman crossover now he's doing Power Rangers meets Godzilla which is no small undertaking you know because I imagine having to detail Godzilla must be so annoying you know (laughs) just like every little ridge and bump and all that but um yeah like Miko's great uh Deidre Genus um and and um I'm excited to just see like who is going to come out of this and, and just like, if they're going to start getting more work and, and things, you know, how, how about you, Jason? Is there anybody that's impressed you or anybody that maybe um, you're like, Oh man, I should, I should, you know, um, do my stuff like them or I don't know. What, um, uh, what do you think? No, no. Okay. So no one's <laughs> down Only because I'm so familiar with a lot of them. Like you guys already said, like I, I know a lot of them, and it's a bit of them also are just cover artists and mm-hmm. I, 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 I love cover artists and I love that stuff, but I want more like interior work. So like I, I try to dive for the ones that do interior work too. Um, so that way like I can read and follow their styles and stuff like, um, like Bisley or, or, or Eastman or, or Ben. Or, I, I always think of guys like uh, Dan Jurgens. you know, he's just as good on a cover as he is yeah. doing sequential. Art. It's like a machine, like George Perez, you know, where it's like, you look at this and you're like, this could be a panel inside it. It's just that good. Right. Right. You know, I'm, I'm with you on that, you know, cause, cause that's, that's a thing unto itself. And I, I know the money is there in the covers as opposed to doing the sequentials, just like if you were to probably break it down. So, you know, Hopefully people have, uh, you know, partners in their life where it's like they can pay the bills and the medical expenses. And <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I, I just love I love seeing the interiors more, uh, just as much as the covers. Like I love like there's so many great people who are doing covers for these books and they're beautiful. But um, like when I look up some of them, like I'm not seeing interior stuff and I'm, that's, but that's just me, you know, like that's what I'm into. Like I'm into like the interior aspect of, of uh, the books too. So, cause if, guts, without, yeah. without the interior artists, we wouldn't have this comic that you're mm-hmm. Well, uh, and I'll give you a great example of this too. Like 
Alex Ross, fantastic, fantastic painter and all that revolutionized stuff when it comes to that. Have you guys ever read Universe X? And I, I'm, I'm assuming that you've seen this one, uh, Scott, right? Okay. Beautiful covers, beautiful character designs by Alex Ross. You get inside and it is like the biggest bait and switch of all time. You, you look at the interiors and you're like, oh, I was expecting Alex Ross, you know? Yeah. Well, he designed a lot of that stuff. Now, his Kingdom Come stuff. Oh, that Kingdom Come is the greatest. Yeah. I love it. I have, I have a Kingdom Marvel, Come statue. <laughs> what was the Marvel ones he did before? Kingdom Marvels. Come? The Marvels, yeah. Yep. Those were beautiful. And that's and that's like that's like a two year project for mm-hmm. for someone to like go through and, and do that because I think he uses I don't know if it's like lucite or something like some sort of like special thing that he uses for paint then he'll like actually cover it over I guess uh, he he does uh, jam pieces and he, he uh, yells at the guys who come behind him not to touch his stuff he's got like a special piece of like cellophane that he puts over it so yeah it's it's, it's interesting i i you know it's funny i've never seen alex ross do anything with um with turtles but maybe just because it, it doesn't fit that sort of mold but you know he could he, 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 uh, he heavily photo references like everything like he'll take photo shoots of, of most of his panels and stuff so it's cool his i'd dad... love to see him doing some ninja turtles oh like, yeah those costumes you know oh absolutely reference shots <laughs> And, and his his father was uh, the model for Norman McKay, who was the the main character of Kingdom Come. So that's I I just thought that was great. <laughs> A little way to kind of bring your family into it. I have his book. It's called Mythology. It's it's pretty neat. So. Yeah, and, and I actually, I had a conversation with Mark Wade about Kingdom Come, and then we'll get off Kingdom Come. But Kingdom Come is very similar to Ronan, I'll put it that way. But um, I, I had a conversation with Mark Wade, and I asked him about some of the characters and why some of the characters appear and why some of them don't. He said, I didn't write all the characters. Pretty much, I just said, these are the people I want to use. And then everything else was just whoever Alex connected with. Because I'm a big fan of Booster Gold. And I'm like, well, how come Booster Gold's not in this? And, and he's like, well, that, that was up to Alex. He could put him in or not, you know, <laughs> which would have been fun. So I don't know. You would have liked to see him, seen him there. They joked that he was the manager of the restaurant in, in like the audio play. When they did that, they joked that Booster was managing, um, was it called Planet Krypton? Yeah. Little... But it, it wasn't, you know, it's not, it's not actually canon. That's just in the audio drama. So, right. yeah. But um, I, I like that Jason brought up about the action figures that are coming out because I did not. I honestly, and I mean, I'm on record for saying this. I did not think that they were going to capitalize at all. And I was absolutely wrong on this. So now we've got two different companies that are releasing last Ronin action figures. We've got a diamond select um, sort of a PVC plastic statue. We've got the sideshow um, statue that they're releasing. Two different versions one with the three ghosts and one without it. I am getting the one with three ghosts. <laughs> so, and um, yeah, let's see. Yeah. And then two different versions of the NECA, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got him with his hood and his cloak, and then they've got him without his hood and his cloak, just kind of standing there with just his belt and a loincloth and pants. So yeah. Um, Playmates has one coming out too. Yeah. Playmates is the one that has the Ben Bishop art on it. Um, and that one was the, the character design was from Michael Dooney, which I was super excited to see because he is like my number one favorite turtles artist. So I've got him, if you guys can see, I've got his work up here. So 
I met him and, and um, it, it was, it was just so much fun. I, I think he, he thought that I was working for the con at the time when I'm like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? Cause I was an exhibitor there and I'm like, Hey, just wanted to come by and say hi. And he's like, Oh, great. Can you tell me about this? I'm like, yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah. Hope he's not still looking for that form. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I pre-ordered that one too, because, um, the the box is absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's got that uh, that Ben Bishop cover with uh, the Ronin, and it's all red and black. And um, I, I think it's going to be a great looking figure. It looks like it's super poseable, but that NECA one, it looks like it's jumped off the page. Yeah, and it's it's just like wow, Dead this on. is such a great translation from you know like <laughs> just into a figure. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm getting two of them. I think because I I just um. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably do like a giveaway or something like that with, with uh, one of them, but it's gorgeous, you know? And yeah. So I'm going to have like a whole section of my house now that's dedicated to the last Ronin. Cause I didn't think anything was coming out. I don't know how true it is, but I heard that Nekas agreed to make like a whole line of yes. last Ronin figures. I don't know how true it is, but you know, I totally see that, you know, with the Raph and Leo and Casey, oh. Donnie and Splinter and Casey Marie and April. Oh, like the April would be cool with the arm. Maybe. Yeah, that would be great. Now, Where do you guys see on Instagram? They have um, like 3D printers and all that that have made like the Raph and, and, the, yeah. and the Leo. Those are great. And a lot That's of these great. customs, man, the customs are great, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, most of us have kids. I think all of us have kids, right? Um, Your kids into Last Ronin at all? Do they understand the importance of it? Um, My kids are sick of hearing about it, for sure. (laughs) My kids are happy to hear about anything other than Batman. That is fair. (laughs) Again, again, know it like knowing you like I know, you know, um, I'm I'm sure you were also there day one to watch uh, the Batman. So because I I was there. On, so it came out on a, you know Friday. I was there on Wednesday. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it two days early. That's great. That's great. I liked it for the record. I'm just saying. So I don't know if did you guys get to see it yet? No, no. I want to though. I do. It's I do. Be on I it like is two weeks. So yep. I'm just like, yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. And Travis, you haven't seen it yet. Not yet. No. I, I'll tell you the I thing about to. seeing it and. Um, you, you can confirm this, Scott. Uh, don't get the large drink if you go to see it because it is it is like as long as Endgame. It seems like it's just super long. I heard it's it like a three hour movie. It is it is an unapologetically three hour movie, and you're like, ah, oh, could we do an intermission? I mean, I've heard great things. I liked it. Yeah, it's. I have too. I heard it was really good. There's there's a lot of elements to it that really really bring home things like like the Ronin and and. Um, just like the the city and and kind of like the when he's like looking and brooding over stuff on top of buildings and all that it really reminded me of that but um you know it also really reminds me of the animated series which is i think what we were all kind of hoping it would do so and that's that's fun i don't know and and you know who knows what's what's happening too because i i hear like since we were talking about like the um the ronin getting its own line um I hear that we may get a uh, follow-up series, like a Casey Marie Jones series or something like that. <clears throat> I've heard there's spinoffs. <laughs> I mean, it being so successful, you can't not have spinoffs. Plus, there's so much in, like so much plot holes with Mikey's storyline that yep. just, I need to know, like what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. And here's the, here's the question. Do you think if they do something like that, if they dive into what happened afterwards, is that going to be drawn and plotted by Kevin, do you think? Or is that going to be something where they get another artist in on that? I mean, I, I think Tom and Tom and Kevin will probably like loose something out or and then Tom or or both would probably do something. Maybe property, like the micro series. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see them really like handing that off to like some random person. So no, I'm with you. They're not going to give it to like Justin Roiland and be like, hey, here you go. <laughs> Especially with how successful it's been, you know. Because it's yeah. not like it's you know why uh why stop now and it's it's not over by a long shot i think yeah. you know the way he's the way it's mimicking like dark man returns a lot like you know if you follow those books there's two sequels after that so there's always more story <laughs> yeah but there's there's one sequel after that what no, it's <laughs> there's, wait there's no sequels after that that's what i'm hearing oh no <laughs> Actually, look, I, I liked the second one. It got a little weird at times, but I really liked the art and I liked some of the aspects like when Hal Jordan showed up and stuff like that. I have not read the third sequel, The the Master Race. I actually heard it was pretty decent. No? I, I, no really? I, read, I didn't read two, but the third one, if, if memory serves me correctly, what some of the ideas in that one were really cool. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. And um I think it's like Andy Kubert was doing the art for okay. it, which yeah, was like yeah, a different. One. Yeah, and I'm cool. like, I'm a, I'm an Andy Kubert guy. I love the X-Men in the nineties. Yeah. Like I could, I could get in on this. So I, it just, it just hasn't hit me where it's like, you need, and I do a Batman podcast. So it's like, it just, we haven't gotten to that yet. So like, we'll, we'll get to it. I'm sure, you know, you got to cover the big ones first, like Gotham by Gaslight and we, we did Noel and stuff like that. So it's, you know, we'll, we'll work our way there. So. Uh, Libra Mayo is probably like my favorite. Him and Kelly Jones. Oh my god! They're like, hell yeah, dude! I got Kelly a Kelly Jones. Jones. They got a Kelly I'm Jones good. Batman tattoo. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> Kelly Jones is—he's such a nice guy, and he's—he's he's like one of the best Batman artists for me. Like, I, yeah, I love Kelly Jones' work. Absolutely. I—I was, I was thinking. I just found this. You guys. is crazy that you said that because I just found I had comic a comic. Book, you know. Lee Bermejo, he's been doing the uh, the variants on Detective Comics for mm-hmm. like I don't know how, how the last at least twelve issues I think, and they they're all gorgeous. Like his work is just outstanding. He's stunning. His stuff is stunning. I've been following him since uh, his Wildstorm days. Actually, oh yeah, I've got yeah. I've got a Lee Bermejo original from Wildcats right there. That's so and, great. Um, his Death Blow Batman check that out that's really that's good. a great book too i mean it's it's not one that's like super memorable like canon wise like the spawn right. one but it's a great story and it's, it's beautiful thick. it's just so good and then yeah when he did when he did the joker one and then noel like oh man like that's yeah his book. his joker is what gave uh heath ledger that sort of juice to choose his character so right yeah i i'd well, love to see him doing some terms right too. after I feel I feel like that was uh, the follow up to the Dark Knight because that that book came out in two thousand eight right after the uh, the Dark Knight came out. Oh, the Azarello book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was done before, but I mean, you're you're the expert on this more than uh, I am. It, so. it definitely came out after because I read it as like the follow up, like him breaking him getting out of Arkham. Oh, that's cool. 
Well, at least yeah. they didn't kill him. I, I'll show you this. This doesn't this doesn't mean as much to people who can't see because obviously this is an audio podcast. But I, I I was going through my comic books looking at stuff and I found okay I've got you know this copy of uh, uh, Batman four ninety seven right and it's the the breaking of the bat right Kelly Jones artwork and all that and I'm like okay this is cool I'm like I'm looking at it I'm like all right I paid three bucks for this back in the day and I have two copies I'm like what the heck I got two copies. So I look and I'm like, I didn't even realize I have a copy signed by Jim Aparo. So Jim Aparo was, was the writer, you know, um, or was the artist for the interiors for uh, Batman. Sorry, Chuck Dixon was the the writer during this period, but um, Jim Aparo was my neighbor in, uh, in Connecticut. He actually lived in Cheshire, Connecticut. And um, he came into the local comic book store, just signed a bunch of comics and just put them back. So I didn't even realize that I bought it. I'm like, holy crap, I got a signed comic from Jim Farrow. So, and that's just beautiful, uh, you know, Bane on there, just wrecking yeah. Batman and that uh, Kelly Jones art. So yeah, it's pretty fun. My, my first Kelly Jones book, I remember those covers, but my first Kelly Jones book was Batman versus Dracula. And oh, that, was, that would be great. That was it for me. Like it was, I was Crimson, uh, Crimson Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Like the follow up. Actually, yeah. the third follow-up or second follow-up, however you want to. Yeah, I because Red Rain was the the, the sequel, and then, yeah, and then Crimson Mist was the third. Yeah, the third one's just yep. crazy. Like he's just eating people left and right. It was just yeah, awesome. I was like, I remember getting that, and I was like, "What the fuck is what is going on?" But I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, he's like, oh, penguin, oh, killer croc, oh, he's, a, he's a vampire by then. Like it was just great. Yeah. So that, that's a direction that, that these so guys fun. should go in. We haven't seen that. I mean, that, that's kind of like the urban legends was kind of like that with, with stuff, but we haven't really seen like straight up vampire turtles. Not since like the uh, like the, the the 2012 cartoon that you and I were talking about, mm-hmm. Eric. Like there's yeah, we, we could see like some Kelly Jones with like, um, you know, some some really cool dark covers and all that. And since they have like they just did like uh, for October, the what was it issue like 123 or something? No, it was probably before that. But um, the, the issue that they did with like all the turtles that were dressed up in like the, the Halloween costumes, the mm-hmm. Universal Monster one. Yeah, Jeremy Clark did that one. Yeah. So so maybe yeah, that's yeah, the next yeah. one. Like uh, Raymond Gay. Raymond Gay was the penciler and Jeremy. Yeah. Beautiful. I think, yeah, yeah you're right, because because uh, Gay had some really good covers, and um, I mm-hmm. think there were a lot of Easter eggs on those. So, but um, maybe that's the next direction that they should go into, taking some sort of like uh, we haven't seen this yet, and be like, hey, here, this is another thing like Ronan. It's going to be a lot more grown up. It's not going to be canon, and this is what it would look like if one of the turtles did this. And then you can try to figure out who it is. You know, again, recreate the whole the whole cycle. They had a had a one shot issue that came out probably around like issue thirty or forty, I want to say maybe maybe sooner than that. But it was like around the whole Dark Leo phase. Oh yeah, where, where like all the all the brothers were um, like hypnotized, like Dark Leo was, and um, it was like Splinter and Casey and April, and there were just a couple of them left who were trying to um, stop them and stuff. Like it was a one shot. Zach Howard drew it. Oh, no kidding. Really awesome. Beautiful art. That would be in probably the third or the fourth hardcover if uh, if anyone's uh, listening is, is keeping track. So um, yeah. around there. I, I was a big fan of the uh, the Infestation 2. 
if uh, if anybody had checked that out, that was in between like issue six and seven. It was a company wide crossover. And I mean, they had like My Little Pony, G.I. Joe, um, let's see, Transformers. Everybody had this arc. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters had one, which which is really cool. And, um, you know, um, the cool thing about this book is that it looked like Mike Mignola art. So it looked like Hellboy, but it was the turtles, like with all the use of like negative space and darkness and stuff like that. Super gritty. Like they're stabbing stuff like crazy. It's, it's like, wow. It, and it was a great story. It was just like a, a two issue miniseries. That's just like kind of like uh, in between issue six and seven, really fun. So you can actually listen to the full issue um, in one of our episodes. So I think it's like episode nine. So but yeah, that's that's a pretty fun one. So. Was that part of the X Files one, or was the X Files crossover separate? That is a separate thing all to itself. Okay. So, but X Files also did have an infestation crossover as well. Yeah. But yeah, they had a turtle X Files one that I thought was kind of cool. That is um, so far the comic book that I have spent the most money on ever. So I bought. <laughs> there's a one one to twenty five. Uh, variant cover like a retail exclusive cover and it's got um it looks like the x-files with like uh leonardo on the cover and it yeah, looks like, like a yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah like weekly world news or something like that i i had to have that so that's yeah, a good cover so if you guys have ever wonder what what uh what i spent my money on when when uh, the government sent me that big check <laughs> that is that is what that was so <laughs> I think we all splurged a little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, he he funded my Ronin collection. So, <laughs> so uh, Travis, um, in, in terms of like, because uh, this is your first time here, first time on the show. I know you listen to the show and all that. What are you mm-hmm. looking forward to for um, issue number five? Is there like a certain plot thread that you want picked up? Um, you know, everything in nice tight little bow would be nice but like what do you think you're going to see versus what do you want to see like anything like that oh man i have no clue on that um so you want to be surprised (laughs) i definitely want to be surprised i mean i don't know i feel like something crazy is going to happen like with um i thought like you know casey marie's already has mutant mutant genitor are they gonna make her some type, you know, where she involved into the actual turtle? Like I don't know, oh, like, like a know, Jenica sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it'd be yeah. So like, I was always like, it always ponders in my head, like, wonder if they're gonna do something with her where she, you know, like Jenica. But it already happened, so the chances are it probably won't happen. Uh, but I thought that would be kind of cool. Um, would well, be kind of out there though, so I don't doubt it happens. But I don't know. That crosses my mind. I'd like to see that happen, but probably won't. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like if they do a sequel, I'd like to see sequels too. And background of like the Office you won with Raph. Um, but no, man, I'm I'm really just can't wait to issue probably to come out to read it. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, so but, you must be you must be a Raph guy then, huh? Oh, 100%. Okay. So a whole, bu- whole bunch 100%. of them going around. So it's yeah. all right. So, and, and Jason, you're, you're, you know, we've already discussed that. So I'm, I'm the Leo I'm guy and Scott's the Leo. Donnie. Well, he's my son goes back and forth with Raph and Leo. Uh, he's one day he's Raph, one day he's Leo. So 
<laughs> I, I had um, I had a guest on who's a, a good friend of the show, uh, Miles from the Best Darn Diddly Simpsons podcast, and and he says you're a Leo fan. He's like, who hurt you? And are you a cop? <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like it ain't like that. that. It ain't oh, like there's that. A, there's that cover you're talking about. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, it's it's beautiful cover. It, it is okay. I was getting that one confused with. There's one similar to that where I think it was like maybe it was a different issue, but it was like uh, the panels mm-hmm. had like panels like that. I feel. Yeah, I, feel like, I was thinking. I mean, it, it just I know the so, one you're talking about, Jason, because so I have that one. That one's awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. And so much, so much fun things. So, what about you guys? I, I don't know who who wants to go next, but um, what are we expecting from issue five? What do we think is going to happen? Um, any predictions? Has anybody seen Cowboy Bebop? The live action or the uh, regular? The the anime. Yep. Yeah, I kind of wanted to go out like that, like Spike storming the castle. Oh, and then we just... Well, they made a movie, I mean... Hey, man. That's that's what I envision. Um, When I read read it, I'm going to just go in blank and... But when, when I see it, I just think of the Ronin going in and just going all out. And just having an epic showdown, um, and maybe it, leaving it open ended if he survives or not. I, I kind of like that idea. Um, you know, that way nothing's nothing's held concrete. You know. Do you think he's going to survive? Do I? No, uh, I want him to. I don't. I think we'll see his death, but that's just me. I just feel like I don't know. That's just my gut feeling. We've seen a lot of death. So, I mean, be- between like yeah. the other, yeah. the other four characters that have died, I mean, they're like five, if you count, cause you got Casey, Leo, Raph, Don and Splinter, you know, um, that, that's a lot right there. That's a lot to digest. You know, if anything that's else right. happens, it's gotta be <clears throat> significant. You want him to? Okay. I want him to die, but with the sequels, I, I you know, I, I don't know. I really don't think they will, but I, I, I wish he goes yeah. out with Blaze of Glory kind of thing, but. Right. Like Young Guns? Yeah. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I, and I don't get the feeling that they would, like, they know they have a cash cow and all that, but I don't think that's what the motivation is since they've waited this long on the story. I think that if there's more stories to tell in this universe, they will, but I think they have a great idea of, of where, where they want to go as a story. And if he was going to die, he was always going to die. So yeah. that's, that's how it's going to be. Um, I, I did see on one of the, the interviews with Kevin was that um, he did say a couple times that they were up in the air on who they wanted the Ronin to be. He's always been consistent on how it always, you know, was going to be Mikey, but I, I have a feeling. And if I ever talk to him again, like when, when we talk to him again, we'll, we'll see if there's any sort of wavering on this, but I have a <laughs> feeling that it, it may have changed a little bit through some conversations but um yeah i I'm, I'm with you you know i can i can see it going both ways there jason and um you know if if he does die because it, it seems like they've got the integrity to tell the story the way they wanted to tell it and and they've got the audience by the balls so it's like they're gonna you know i think the sequels will get aren't gonna be sequels they'll be prequels Prequels. like Mm -hmm. what happened that with them jumping splinter that set rap off you know like i could see them micro seriesing again you know like what led up to baxter coming to the compound to take fugitoid 
from Leo and, and the gang, you know, like what happened to Mike after all that happened, you know, what happened to April? Like I see, that's the kind of sequels I see. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really, I yeah. see this being the final end to this saga. And then we, we get these little like background books of like what led to that kind of thing. I'm because wondering so much plot holes to me. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah. you're you're absolutely consistent with what you said from the beginning point. about those. Yeah. So, I, and I'm with you. I'm with you. They're they're not even plot holes so much as gaps. Right. You, right. right. It's, it's headcanon. Yeah. More, more like gaps. I don't mean to like criticize the writing. Just like, especially since they have so much to put in a tiny amount of space. You know. Yeah. I mean, I know we're getting 48 pages, but we're still, you know, like it's still a limited amount of storytelling. And, and I mean, we can see from like these books how much they've actually cut out and how much they have like, like built into it. It's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Should there have been more with the Sinja characters? Like, like, I don't know, you know, but now I kind of want to find out. Be like, wow, Baxter's grunts. That's pretty sick. You know, so do any of these characters in the resistance have any stories to tell or anything? So you know, that's that's kind of the, the fun part. Well, uh, now I've got a fan theory here because um, we, we were talking about that really cool tank. Right. And, and um, you know, the tank's cool. We, we've got April driving the tank. April is super tech savvy. She's got a uh, messed up arm and she's got a messed up leg that are both bionic and all that. There's not much left at this point. Do we see April die saving Casey Marie Jones to push her character along? Yes. I think that's a smart play. That's is the last significant death. There's nobody else besides the Ronin that could die because they're not going to kill Casey Marie Jones. Yeah, I think Casey will survive. I think she has to. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't have. They would not have said that she's got enhanced healing unless it's going to come back and she's going to get either stabbed by Hiroto or something else, like some like mortal wound that would have killed a regular person. Mm. So, yeah, but I'm. I'm in agreement. Like that's, that's my prediction that uh, something's going to happen to April. Cause she's the only one whose death would be significant at this point. Right. And, and so uh, we haven't decided if, if the Ronan's going to die. Um, I think he dies. I, I'm going to say that. Um, I think he dies at the end and, and we get something about how, you know, he wasn't the last after all, because now, you know, uh, Splinter's book's going to get picked up by Casey Marie. That's my prediction. So, and I, and I hope it doesn't happen because then someone listens to this and they're like, ah, oh, he friggin' ruined it. But it's just like, how nice would that tie up? You know, like the, the samurai walking off into the sun or something like that. Like, like one of those old movies, you know, it's like, it would be a satisfying ending. Like, like eating a big steak dinner and you're like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Closure. closure yeah exactly yeah, like that's all we're looking for closure would be nice but you eric what, what do you think yeah, any predictions oh i mean if the, the reality prediction that i have is yes i feel like the ronin dies <laughs> uh april yes absolutely she's unfortunately she's she's going to end up going and it's like jason said you know they're i, I think they're going to go with the whole prequel and i think they're going to do a micro series with Casey Marie, which that'll be the sequel. And now yeah. me wanting to be me, I'm I'm thinking that, you know, the whole I'll also think about um honey honeycut um about him being the virus and there's this big explosion and they go back to the time and all the turtles go back together. Oh wow that, that that's that yeah I remember time travel being on the table for a little bit. 
Damn. That is, that's a really interesting thought. And I mean, it's, it's in the system. Like on your, your, we can't hear your, uh, your voice, Eric. Hang on. There you go. I can hear you. Okay. There we go. Yeah, the the whole I don't know where you, where you guys left off at. I don't know what you you said. You said last. something about time tra- travel and honeycut. Yeah, like the whole thing with the virus, because we all know that the virus is spreading around and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, there's a big old explosion. They go back in time and everything's all good. And then they, you know, Mikey knows the future type thing. So I mean, that would be cool. That would be cool because Raphael's back. But then. <laughs> It wouldn't happen. See, my you thing know, is, is that, that's with Pixie Marie, mm-hmm. with her her healing power she got, I feel like if the Ronin does die, or he's going to be really better, badly, she's going to use her blood on him to healing, you know, and then he's going to be like, I don't think he'll ever be able to battle again, but he's going to be like, how Splinter was to him, he's going to be like, oh. her Splinter. That's no. that's interesting too. Yeah, so he, mm-hmm. you know, the student becomes the master. That's another. That's an absolutely satisfying ending. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. You know, maybe he gets better. hobbled or crippled or something in a, in a point. Yeah, yeah. And she's gonna use her blood to bring him back to you know something. Maybe not. Way that way, but... kind of mimic uh, the Dark Knight Returns since they're heavy on that with with everything, like making you think he died but the healing mm-hmm. the, the blood healed him so he's alive yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. as long that's... as they don't get married because that's what <laughs> happened in dark Knight. as long as case yeah. Reed jones and the ronin do not get married i will be satisfied so they have turtle babies <laughs> that happened you know in oh Frank god, dark Knight oh, god. strikes again that, yeah. that, all right we're going way out out, out left field on this one yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, nobody consulted Frank Miller. Thank God. So it's like he's like, <laughs> oh man, that's Ninja such a weird Ninja choice. Babies. Yeah, yeah, but <clears throat> other than that part, we're just talking about. But no, I think the ending's gonna be he's gonna become the master, and she's a student, and after the battle, he's gonna be in her dead or severely injured, and her blitz what brings him back. Nice. Know? So. That's good. That's that's very like um, it's very like Wolverine too. You know, kind of like uh, like that that sort of character arc. You know, and um, you know, there's there's been um, like like Logan, like with the movie Logan, where he ends up being like a caretaker or something like that. But he's like mm-hmm. he's not as quick as he was, and his claws don't come up. So maybe the Ronin could be kind of like that character, and then mm-hmm. or or even like a Batman Beyond. You know, where it's like you know you're the guy in the chair now instead of being the person out there, and then Casey Marie will be the person out there. Like any of those, nope. like that's that's a really good pickup. I, I like that. So I I can I can see in my mind's eye, you know. Um, just the the turtle ghosts reuniting you know with with michelangelo so i can see that too so mm-hmm. i don't know i hope i see stuff you know but um i don't know now i kind of like travis's ending yeah. what's that i want to see stuff too yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like i'm i'm excited to, to see any of this i i know um baxter's dead right guys like there's no there's no thoughts that baxter's coming back yeah, I think he was just kind of a MacGuffin, you know, like a red herring where they're like, oh, Baxter here. Yeah, and, I, and I mean, here. We, we were saying that 
you know, we thought Oroko Hiroto was going to be kind of like like a, a fake smokescreen behind who like the real bad guy was and all that. But now I don't know, after reading number four, it's kind of like that didn't happen, but he's also insane. And he may off himself. Like he, he slipped on a, on a raining, you know, girder and almost died. And luckily he was picked up by one of Baxter's thing. Like we still need you, you moron. So like he is absolutely unhinged. So I took, it, that, I took that, like that was on purpose. Yeah, um, and I don't the, know what the deal is. He's got some like, psychological oh, issues. Robot took like picked him up on purpose. I feel like we're gonna get a big reveal of this robot in the next issue. But uh, yeah, I think he's insane. Yeah, I, I felt like maybe Karai might come back and be like the sequel bad guy or something. Oh, that's interesting too I'm because she's she's been in stasis at this point for over twenty years. Yeah. So, you know, that's, um, I don't know what they could do. It's not Futurama. So, you know. What a perfect time for it. Anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. That, that was that's great. Where, that's where the honeycut, the trap handling comes in play from Eric's crowds back. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. It, it, they've, they've done that on the TV series with uh, Donatello, and they've done that in the IDW series with Donatello, where he comes back as a robot. So, you know, we, we know that that's in their wheelhouse that they can do. You know, um, we've seen Ghost with Ghostbusters. They've done that. You know, we've seen Aliens. We've seen Triceratons. You know, there's there's all kinds of st- like I'm I'm still saying we could see a neutron at some point. Like we, we never know. You know, we could find out that, you know, someone was really an alien all along. We have no idea. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be waiting at probably 1 a.m. when I can download the thing from Comixology so I can read it. So, <laughs> uh, Jason, did they give you a do you get an advanced copy for review or anything? I wish I wish. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, our variant probably won't come until after the release of the issue. So I'm going to have to go out just like everyone else and, and pick up a copy and, <laughs> and read it. So I know what's going on before I get my variants at least. No special privileges. Come on. I'm not pissed. We we have a listener. I went to the Lexington Comic Con and Ben was there. So I hung out with Ben like the whole day Saturday. Like, so Ben, I heard you had an issue five that Kevin sent to you. Right, right. Kind of he's dropping, he's like, nah, I can't do it. It's like, damn. (laughs) He's like, he could tell you what happened anyway because he drew it. (laughs) It's like he drew a good portion of it, I imagine. Yeah, well, Mm. Kevin sent him like the final thing where he can. Start to finish on issue five. I was like, so that's like a little hint. No, because I will, but I will show you how y'all was talking about the playmate toys that he's doing. I guess he's doing six of them in the boxes, like all of the boxes, like his connecting covers, the toys will connect to. Nice. So, um, did he, did, do you have an idea then of who else is going to be in on that? Because I'm, I'm guessing Case Marie, April. So- in in Hiroto, um, the, the toys. Um, you're talking about the Playmate toys. Oh, done? oh, so these are the turtles then. So his style turtles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the Playmate toys. He's doing. I guess they're doing like the first wave of the six toys of his, and all six of the boxes, like the side of the boxes, they all connect. Like a another. Marvel Legends, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna like so freaking did. Like the issue five connecting covers. They have like six of them that connect on the on the Playmate toys. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
man i i don't even know i, I mean between like all this stuff it's like i already dropped 1600 bucks on the statue <laughs> i just don't know yeah yeah, yeah. it was not a good decision but um i'm sticking to it so it was an impulsive decision but uh what, what it. was it 1600 bucks so yeah yeah sideshow sure got me you know mm. and they're like oh and we're releasing another one for 800 i'm like you sons of <laughs> biscuits yeah well the, the cool thing about this one too i know i know we were talking about this that um it has the ghosts on it from what would appears to be like the uh the aaron bartling cover the um the ronin design himself looks just like mike roots like uh that's that's who he looks i'm like wow like he's got like kind of like that pronounced beak and all that like he looks like like ruth drew him so it's 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 kind of interesting so i'm like oh i know those guys so Artie's. <laughs> Art, art thief he says he said about the uh the sideshows yeah yeah so you know it's it's how it is you know man i'm you know what can we do it's, it's unfortunate man i mean you know i mean you got some really really talented artists but you know they, I, I hope i hope that if nothing else people take notice of these covers and they're given more opportunities um so with, with that you know we're, we're running a little bit long so um i've still got to get to our pizza um recipe and all that um, i wanted to ask jason first because I, I know you've got uh some big stuff going on can you tell the folks just where they can find you where they can find your work and if you can allude to if you have anything else that you can talk about that you're working on coming up yeah yeah sure um so you can find me online um instagram facebook twitter it's just jason flowers art all one word um and then my, my website where you can pre-order my variants for Ninja Turtles Last Ronin are um, jaceflowersart.bigcartel.com. And then um, what I got going on right now is uh, I'm working on my creator-owned book, Bounty Bullfrog, issue two right now. Um, issue one's on my website. And then this weekend, I will be in South Carolina Comic-Con for, uh, for that show. And then two weeks later, Huntsville Comic Expo, where Ben Bishop will be, I mean, Kevin Eastman will be. Oh, awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about going to that one. Because it's like <laughs> four and a half hours from me. Yeah. So like I'm really tempting. Yeah, I'm in Indiana. So it's like. Okay. Really debating on going to that one. That's awesome. And and like I said, I, I'm really looking forward to your uh, your book there, Bonnie Bullfrog. The, the pages look amazing, especially the underwater stuff. Uh, Mr. Scott Cromer, I know you've got something going on we should be talking about. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, Chrome Comics? Um, well, you can find us on Facebook or um, you can find us at Amalgamania slash Chrome Comics on the internet. Um, we're going to be at the Hagerstown Comic Con, Fourth State Comic Con in Hagerstown, uh, April 30th and May 1st. So we got that coming up. Um, hopefully more cons to come. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I've definitely bought some stuff from you in the past. You guys do awesome. Your shipping was super fast. So that was one of those things. So, and, um, and they grade comics too. So if, yeah. um, you know, he's, he's a good guy to talk to about getting stuff graded, knows all about it. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a customer of both of you guys, you know, um, Travis, any, anywhere that you want folks to find you uh, to have a conversation about Ninja Turtles? Oh, hell, you can find me on Epic Shows, many last Roman groups. Hell yeah, right answer. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
That's why he's my new yeah. favorite. So. <laughs> you check him out in the there. Epic Shells group. <laughs> Epic Shells group. I'm in there. And you got uh, a new he's got what? You got a new, new hype man? I'm gonna get yeah. you a big clock to put around your neck. So it's <laughs> hey, I'll rock it too. Nice. <laughs> and um, Eric, uh, <laughs> where where do you like folks interacting with you? Um, well, obviously, any of the TMNT groups. Obviously, Epic Shows is the number one group that you can really, really find me in. I'm always in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways. I mean, anybody can find me on Facebook. I mean, they can just literally just shoot me a message. Eric will, you know, I'm always out there willing to help any TMNT fan find something or know something or just anything. I'm I'm here for any TMNT fan. So I got IDW, uh, is IDW Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles group that I run and obviously Epic Shows, uh, part of the last running ones. Uh, even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, nineteen uh, was it nineteen eighty four or eighty seven? Eighty four. Yeah, I think like eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven. Forever, and it, it's like forever, and it's like there's like twenty some thousand people in there, and like I'm on there yeah. every once in a while too. So, I mean, there's Facebook a lot of us a, out there, man. You know, mm-hmm. Jason Flowers has a Facebook group too. I'm in that one too. You can find me in. Yeah, yeah. the art, yep. the art yeah. one, or the art, yeah, squad. the art one, his art squad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, good call. Travis with so the, many things. There's so many things. Sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. It's just as, like uh, the as as for myself, um, folks, as you listen to this, I just want to uh give one shout out for someone who couldn't be here tonight because he was getting some surgery and uh just recovering from it. But uh shout out to our friend, friend of the show, Mr. Rob Denner, Mr. X Files himself, since X Files was brought up. Um you know, he wanted to be on. He couldn't just because of the schedule and all that. But, uh, you know, I hope you're doing well, buddy. We'll uh, we'll catch mm-hmm. up with you sometime. Otherwise, you can check us out in Epic yeah. Shells, the Facebook group. Uh, the uh, Epic Tales from the Sewers is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. You can check out our other fine shows. Uh, you'll you'll hear the ads after the pizza recipe. So you can check those out um, and check out the dorkening.com as well as the Splash Pages Comic Book Club, where you can actually see uh, some of the articles and uh, turtle and non-turtle related things. So um, with that, I want to thank everybody for being here. These are so much fun to do. And uh, I mean, just, <laughs> I love the directions that we go into it in like, uh, it's really my head spinning from some of these predictions. That's pretty cool. But um, until next time, uh, thanks everybody for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. And we will be right back with our pizza recipe for the episode. Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hey everyone, after that preview for Last Ronin and hearing about some of the pizza selections, I decided to go with four cheese for four bros uh, because of the four bros that we had on. So this is the recipe. Once to to snap the turtles out of a bummer mood, Master Splinter brought them a pizza topped with 99 different cheeses. Of course it did the trick. This isn't gnarly, but it's a start. The four cheese for four bros pizza. Ingredients. Cornmeal. 
for flour for dusting, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, plus more for drizzling and greasing, one large garlic clove, pressed or grated, one pound ball pizza dough, homemade or store-bought, fine sea salt and freshly ground black pepper, one half cup shredded low moisture mozzarella, one fourth cup shredded Monterey Jack cheese, one half cup ricotta cheese, three tablespoons grated Parmesan cheese, one tablespoon chopped fresh parsley leaves. Instructions on a baking stone or with a steel pizza peel, place your baking stone in the middle rack of the oven and preheat to 500 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 30 minutes. Dust the pizza peel or inverted baking sheet with cornmeal or flour. On a baking sheet, preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit with a rack in the middle position. Lightly coat the heavy duty rimmed baking sheet with olive oil. Step one, in a small bowl, stir together the olive oil and garlic. Set aside to marinate for 15 minutes. Step two, stretch or roll the dough out into a 12 inch disc and place it on the prepared pizza peel or baking sheet. Step three, brush the dough all over with some garlic oil and make sure that you get it all the way to the edges. Step four, season with salt and pepper, scatter the mozzarella and jack cheeses all over with the ricotta and the Parmesan all over the top. Step five, shimmy the dough from the peel onto the hot baking stone or transfer to the baking sheet in the oven. Step six, bake the pizza for eight to 15 minutes until the crust is golden brown and the cheese is beginning to blister in spots. Step seven, remove the pizza from the oven, season with a light drizzle of olive oil and sprinkle with parsley. Let it chill at room temperature for five minutes, then slice and serve. This has been your pizza time, four cheese for four bros. Cowabunga, dudes! Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibers. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. 
And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retro Octopus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. Of problems. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroid Octopus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks, with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. 